Thank you so much, Pastor Tony, for your kind words. What a, what a joy to be with you guys here in Lewisburg on this beautiful night. Man, nice lights here. Work on my tan during the I feel like a chicken on a rotisserie here. This is awesome. And, uh, but um, awesome. But what, what a joy. I could, we couldn't wait to get here. And uh, we just feel so honored to be at this great church. We love Pastor Tony and Alicia and, uh, and, and, and just love this church. And we follow you guys and uh, know that God's doing great things. Really, without offense, really, we just came to hang out with Hannah. That's really why we're here. And so that's where I've already, she told me things I need to do this weekend, some things I got to run to the store tonight, honey. I have a grocery list, whatever. And, um, but but to, to be with her. But I'm glad I get to see you guys as we get to see Hannah. But looking forward to this weekend, been praying for a number of days and uh, asking God to move in a great way. And again, we just love your pastor and Alicia. And I do remember being at the Outback and uh, being with them and talking. And of course, the stories, how God, how he's using them now and continues to use them. And many years, youth camps and conventions and and uh, what a respected uh, couple God has sent here to Lewisburg. And uh, how many are glad God sent them to Lewisburg? I'm glad God sent them here, and um, what a blessing that they are, and looking forward to hanging out with them this weekend, and uh, and being with you guys. I, I want to say a welcome to those watching online, and uh, we're so glad that you're watching online, and pray God touches you right smack in your house, or sitting in front of a sheets, or a Wawa, pounding down a hoagie. We just pray God speaks to you, and um, and uh, even though you belong inside here, we still love you, we still love you, and uh, but no, we just uh, praying God moves wherever wherever you're watching, and uh, but I want, I want to ask you a favor. Now, bad manners. You know, first time uh, here in about seven years, I'm asking for a favor. But if you've ever invited someone to church on a Sunday morning, I want you to be intentional to invite someone this coming Sunday morning. I remember being in a church in Livingston, New Jersey, uh, a number of years ago now, and I, I challenged folks like we do every week, uh, invite people, whatever. And one guy was a phys ed teacher at a public high school. And uh, so I went to school the next Monday and began to invite people in that school, teachers and workers. By lunchtime, he said to the Lord, I'm not asking anybody else. He said, because everyone he asked said, yes, I can come, but I need transportation. And he kept on telling people, don't worry, I'll, I'll get you a ride. He said, Lord, by noontime, I'm in a mess right now, and uh, I, I can't ask anybody else. And, and now the Lord said, you keep on asking. He said, you help me with my problem, I'll help you with your problem. By the end of that Monday, can you believe this? 33 people committed to come that night to church, and one of them happened to be a bus driver who owned his own bus. And that night, this guy came to church with a busload of 33 people. Now, on the Monday night, now, now remember, there are some people, not Lewisburg people, but some people aren't aware that God's even alive on Monday nights. Some think the Lord nowadays only calls out of the, the tomb for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. But Jesus is alive on a Monday night as he is in a Sunday morning. And that night, half the bus, I wish it had been the whole bus, but half the bus accepted Jesus on a Monday night. Because one guy said, you know what, I'm going to be intentional inviting people. And so I want you to think of some people this Sunday and, and also for Easter and, and uh, to be intentional. Uh, my mother, you know my mother. 
My last name is Hubbard. You know my mother. And um, she's, she's now in heaven. And uh, she's with the Lord Jesus saved old mother Hubbard several years ago. Matter of fact, when I went to Bible school at Valley Forge about 400 years ago, I went to Bible college. I remember a, a week after I went to Bible college, my mother called me up at school and, and said, son, I want you to know your mom gave her life to Jesus this morning. My unsaved parents, brought, my dad was a pro basketball player many, many years ago. Basketball was the God in our family. And so I, I got saved. Now, months later, I'm going to Bible college. My unsaved parents go, what is happening to our family? Uh, the week after that, my mother accepts Jesus. And uh, my mother became a soul winner. She would invite people one night, uh, one Tuesday, she brought like 27 people to church. She'd bring people, there's people still in uh, this great church in Agawa, Massachusetts, that are, they're serving Christ because old mother Hubbard led them to Jesus. So I want to challenge you. Let's say, God, give me a vision to invite somebody. And, uh, and now, don't, now, don't keep me wrong. We're going to go for broke tonight, tomorrow night. If it's just the, the four of us and two dogs and a cat, we're going to go for broke. But let's say, God, just give us favor and boldness. And we never know what God might do. Amen. Uh, uh, Turn tomorrow night. Uh, I believe in a Jesus that heals. I believe as we approach Easter season, there was a moment before the cross that Jesus allowed them to drape him over a whipping post. And they beat the body of Jesus. And the Bible says, by stripes, we have been healed. So tomorrow night, uh, we're going to kind of set tomorrow night aside and say, God, would you heal the sick tomorrow night? Would you touch broken bodies and broken families and broken dreams? And tomorrow's a great night to bring someone that, that just maybe needs some hope. And, um, and so we're believing God for a great, great Saturday night and uh, looking forward to that. And of course, Sunday morning, Robin uh, will be singing, I think, some of the services. And she does more of a hip-hop rap. Is that going to work here? Is that going to be all right? And uh, not that there's anything wrong, but uh, she's a hip-hop artist, and I'm only kidding you, but, uh, but we'll be singing, whatever, and, um, and I, I do interpretive dance as she sings, whatever, but, but she'll be singing, and, um, but I want you to open your heart and say, God, I am open for all that you want to do in these meetings, amen? Now, having said that, one last thing. Uh, we're in a, this pandemic thing. I've been known to spit when I preach, but during the pandemic, don't worry, I've learned to only spit five feet in the pandemic. So everybody's safe. It's all good. Hey, I want to go to God's Word tonight if you have a Bible. Uh, you that are home as well, but uh, take a Bible if you have it. It's John chapter 7. John chapter 7, and I'll share some more things about your pastor, Alicia, this weekend, and uh, our respect for them. And John chapter 7. Beginning at verse number 37, and uh, John 7, 37, we're going to read just three verses, and uh, we're just going to kind of get right to it. Here's what the Word says on a beautiful, windy, like, like strong, windy Friday night here in Lewisburg. It goes like this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus 
had not yet been glorified. Can I read just the first part of that again? Uh, uh, last day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. I want to talk for a couple moments on the danger of empty bucket religion. Uh, now, what I want to do for a few moments is uh, we're going to go back some 2,000 years in. Uh, we're going to live this out. I remember as a 17-year-old kid, I got saved at 17, a girl invited me to church. I'm in a public high school. She said, Greg, I'm a believer. Will you come to church? I did what any 17-year-old girl, uh, God would tell the girl. I said, I'll go wherever you want me to go. And so I went to church that Friday night for all the wrong reasons. That night, Jesus changed my life for all eternity. The next Sunday morning was given my first Bible, a paperback Bible uh, called the Living Bible, the Way. And I began to read the scriptures and, and began to go on Bible excursions. What I mean by that is I'd read the scriptures and I'd live it out. So we're going to live out John chapter 7 for a few short moments. It, the chapter John 7, we'll read it t- later tonight with a bowl of ice cream. But the entire chapter 7, Jesus' brothers approached him and said, You know what, Jesus? You want to go to Judea and show them your stuff. Show them your miracles. Uh, Listen, if you're going to be famous, listen, you can't just be doing stuff in secret. Jesus said to his brothers, listen, any time is good for you, but my time has not yet come. Listen, timing always matters to God. And so he said, you know what, any time's good for you, but my time has not yet come, and, and uh, people are plotting to kill him, and he had much more work to do before the cross. And so he said to them, listen, you go to Jerusalem because it was the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. Jesus said, you guys go, I'll look up with you later. And so they go to Jerusalem, and Jesus arrives in secret uh, not too long after. Now listen careful. Uh, This Feast of Tabernacles was one of the the three great Jewish festivals. There was uh, Pentecost and Passover and the Feast of of Tabernacles. This was a seven-day festival. Happened in the fall of every year. Where people from miles around would come to Jerusalem. And for seven days, they'd set up temporary shelters. Some call it the festival of shelters. And so imagine you got entire families and uh, they're coming to Jerusalem and they're, they're getting the, the, the trees and, and uh, they're getting the, the willow branches. And, and the custom was you build a temporary shelter, but you make the roof such so that you would not cover the entire roof. And so you lie down at night and see the stars and, and whatever. And so, and they do that for seven days. Uh, now, why would they do that? Now, let me say this. I am not a camper. Do I have any campers in the room? I think camping is a work of the devil. Can somebody say amen? And uh, no, I'm only kidding you, kind of. And, uh, but I, I love the, uh, that, that show, The Great Alaska Outdoors. And who, who are these people that live in, in poor protection? And it's amazing, these Alaskan people that they kill grizzly bears for breakfast. And, and uh, they just, and, and this, uh, but I'm not that, um, golf, yes, but I'm not an outdoorsman. So imagine seven days of camping. And there's reasons why they did this. It was a season to remember. God will often bring us to seasons that were to remember what God has done for us in the past. And God will use that to provoke us for what God wants to do in the now. 
Now, historically, the reason that they, they camped out like this, uh, historically, because it, when they made these still shelters, it reminded them, listen, we once lived out in the desert for 40 years and had, we, we wandered. And so imagine uh, they lay down at night, uh, a mom and uh, a dad and, and the kids and a little boy would say, hey, hey, daddy, why are we not home? Why are we looking at stars? And a dad would say to his kids, because it wasn't always like this for us. God's been good to us. We once wandered, had no home, but God gave us a home and a destiny. If you're breathing in this room tonight or watching online, if Jesus has saved your soul, you are no longer a wanderer. But God has covered you. God's come to live inside of you. Heaven's your home, your future. If you've accepted Jesus, you have every reason to dance all the way home on a Friday night in Lewisburg. And so it was a reminder that we once had a difficult and we were lost and we wandered. And, uh, but, and so we're remembering that it isn't that way for us now. It also had agricultural references in, in the sense it was during the, the fall and the ingathered harvest and, and they, they, eat, they ate great at this. Imagine firing up the gas grills and cooking up some great meals and, uh, and all the wheat and the barley and all the grapes. It talks about that in Exodus 23. So historical, but they're also reminded that God's been good to them. Uh, you know what, well, we, I know this pandemic and uh, a tough year, but can I just say this? God's been pretty good to us. Can I get a good amen? Matter of fact, if you're here tonight and had a bowl of cereal for, for lunch today, my friend, two-thirds of the world goes to bed tonight with a hungry stomach. And so if you and I just said, Greg, you know what, I had a sandwich, listen, you and I serve such a faithful father and so they'd eat these good meals and they'd remember, hey, you know what? We're no longer lost and wandering and uh, we are provisioned. God's been faithful. How many can say again, God's been good to you? Come on, a big amen. But also this would happen. During that festival, every day at that festival, the heart of the festival would be when the priests would take golden pitchers and it would take all the people and they'd have a procession to the pool of Siloam. This is up in every, this is the heart of the festival. And remember all the good things God has done, provision, salvation, but every day, let's go to the pool of Siloam. And when they got there, and the, the, the priests would dip golden pitchers into the pool of Siloam, and they'd walk back to the temple area. And if they walked back, they'd sing Isaiah 12, 3, with joy, you'll draw water from the wells of salvation. So imagine all the way back, they're singing, waving branches and, and giving God praise for the water of salvation. When they go back to the temple, they dump the water out of the pitchers, the golden pitchers, onto the altar. And the people would sing and they'd shout and give God glory. That did this every day for seven days. But on the last day, the climax day, everything changed. And now listen carefully. By now, Jesus has arrived. You read John 7, he came in secret and, uh, and was, began talking in the temple. People got upset. They said terrible things to Jesus and, and, uh, and all these things that were terrible. Jesus is now at this festival. He's watching it all happen. 
But on the last day of, of the festival, uh, the priests, when they got back to the altar, they'd march around the altar seven times. And that was from a remembrance when God calls the walls of Jericho to come tumbling down. I'm talking to those watching tonight or in this room, and you say, Greg, you know what? God's been good to me. I had shackles of bondage, but some th- God set me free from things. Aren't you glad you're not what you once were? But God calls our Jerichos to come tumbling down. And so they remember, it's a week of remembrance. But then on the last day, but what happened was this. The priests would go to the pool of Siloam, but not dip the bucket in the water. Stay with me now with this. He would go, but would not dip the bucket in the water. The pitcher was empty. Now they'd walk back to the temple every other day. They're singing, they're shouting, giving the wave. And, but the last day, no singing, no joy, no water in the bucket. Total silence. That was representation of the people that died from rebellion in the wilderness. And, but imagine this. The festival is now seconds away from ending. Jesus is there. He's watching them go through all the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the uh, customs and all the things that they would do. And now a priest stands up. They've known joy for days, but now there's sadness and silence. And, and the, the priest hands, holds up an empty golden pitcher, an empty bucket. They're seconds away from being dismissed. The people are now saddened. A sense of emptiness. No more lots of water. No more water pouring in the temple altar, but now an empty pitcher, and now something amazing happens. Right in our text. At that moment, remember earlier, his brothers, hey, you know what, Jesus, you should go. He said, it's not my time. Well, now is his time. It says, Jesus stood up. It's Bible, church. And said in a loud voice, imagine this, he's just watching nearby, just sitting down and observing, and he realizes these folks are about to go home empty and discouraged, so he jumps up, and he says this, is anybody thirsty? Is anybody thirsty? If you are, come to me. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now please hear me. When Jesus jumped up and said that at the Feast of Tabernacles, he did three simple, quick things and were done. The first thing Jesus did when he jumped up and asked him, anybody's thirsty, is he described the condition. If the condition is thirst. He asked the question. He said, Lewisburg, is, is anybody thirsty? Is, is anybody thirsty? In the question Jesus asked 2,000 years ago, he's asking that again in the hour in which we live. Is there anybody thirsty in the house? Uh, can I say this? Bible says in the last days, there's two things that are going down. Great revival. I mean, God is moving in power. And, parts of, and, and we just got a report. We're, we're a part of planning uh, uh, six new churches in northern India at the beginning of this year. And one of them, they began meeting at a home of first-generation Sikhs. And numbers of them were accepting Jesus. The church is exploding there in northern India where Sikhs are coming to know Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God is moving by his Spirit. So there's revival, but with outpouring and revival, there's also a great falling away. 
Uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus, uh, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many is going to grow cold. Let me give a translation. Because of all the increase, people are going to lose their thirst for God. We're seeing it right now. And I'm talking to the choir as it were, my goodness, I, I was thinking tonight, it's Friday night, and I'm so humbled that you're here. At least you've been teaching all day and haven't had separate yet. I mean, and you're here leading with passion and anointing. We, we respect you greatly for just being here. And so I'm not looking to come in and Pastor Tony didn't bring me in for this. And this isn't my heart to be like in your face or to be brass or whatever. We're not about that. I want you encouraged. I want you blessed tonight. But the fact is this. The reason he asked is every, anybody thirsted because he knows not everybody's thirsty. And you know, we, we can dance around this and, well, well, Greg, in this culture, they're like this and in that culture. Can I just say this? You know, people who are thirsty, they're just different, church. I, I mean, they're just different. I remember one time in Romania, we're, we're walking, uh, 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 driving down a dirt road in a gypsy village in Romania. And this young boy had just put a gym shorts on, covered with dirt. We, we pulled out our team in our van and, and our leader that we work with, we pulled over. It turns out his father, had, uh, mother had died and father had recently committed suicide, was involved in demonic activity. And this kid was just alone. Covered with dirt and filth, and he's about nine years old. And we pulled over. He got scared. He recognized the pastor, and we anyway he got in the van, and we just you know calmed him down, whatever. And I had a bottle of water, and he looked so. I said, "Would you love this?" And appa, appa, water, appa. He took that water like it was liquid gold. The way he drank that water. Because my point is this: people who are really thirsty. They drink different than those who aren't thirsty. I mean, that boy, it was like gold and nothing noticed it. But he showed that water as if it was, again, liquid gold. And the, the, act, the fact is this. When you and I are thirsty for Jesus, and here, listen, thirsty people, they sing different. They clap different. They just do. They dance different. I, I, I mean, the, 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 there's something, they read their Bible different. They go to bed different. They wake up. There's something different about thirsty people. Honey, am I talking too fast tonight? Honey, my, a, a little bit. Are we doing okay, baby? Just Robin has signs. She holds up sometimes. And you, do you? Okay. She has signs, actually. One of them says, slow down. One says, wipe your mouth. And, and uh, one of them says, it's a big one. You think I'm kidding. No, I'm going out of the light. I'm going out of the light. I'll go back to the light real quick. And you, you think I'm kidding, don't you? You think I'm just making this stuff up, don't you? There it is right there. That's that one there. And uh, what's this one? This is wipe your face. Wipe your face. And, and um, th there's another one, though, uh, that, that's a big one that says the last thing you said is nowhere found anywhere in the Bible. That's the one that I, I worry about that one. Thirsty people. They're different. I remember ministering in Bangladesh. My wife and I were there and uh, we've been to that part of the world numerous times and 
anxious to get back once restrictions lift, but I'm in Bangladesh. We're in this place for a conference. The missionary marketing lot is bliss. There were veteran missionaries and just incredible people. And we're there, and there were people all over the place, tribal people. We're in the speed of light vehicle, and the missionary says to me, we, we get there. We just flown there a day or two earlier. We're like exhausted, jet lag, whatever. We, we get in this place, and he says, great, tonight the first night of the conference. He says, tonight they, they've asked you that you would speak on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so I'm in the back of the car. I'm going, okay, and whatever. And uh, this, oh, okay, and, and, uh, and then we're getting our stuff, and oh, we go together. And he looks back and says, oh, by the way, he said, he said, don't worry. But when you begin preaching, most people are going to begin to fall asleep tonight. And I'm thinking, he get out of the car. Look at Robin. I said, what's that? I mean, what? I said, what? I, I, I'm thinking, what is this? Did someone call from America, whatever, and then say, I've got to get them in Samia? I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, not tonight. I'm thinking, I thought, Lord, I'm going to spit 50 rows back tonight. I'm thinking, Lord, tonight, let, your, let nobody, folks, when I got to preach, I was, I was still in the introduction, and people are dropping like flies. I mean, mouths open, snoring, drool. I mean, there was, there was REM sleep all over the room. I mean, heads are back. I, I'm, and I'm preaching my brains out. And I'm thinking to myself, and I mean, I'm just watching people. And listen, you and I have been there before. So you've been to church. I've been, you know, your eyes get heavy and they, they go, hallelujah. You kind of rebound. We, we've all been there before. Come on. But I'm just, I'm thinking, what is this? So it happened and I give the altar call. And this is amazing to me. There are people I know for a fact that slept the entire sermon, that received the baptism at the altar that night. I'm praying for people, and they're at the hollow thinking, dude, you were sleeping five minutes ago. What is this? It was bizarre. And I remember the night got over, went on for quite a while, the service and altar, and we get in the vehicle to go back to the lodge, where, and we get in the vehicle, and Mrs. Bliss said, oh, Greg and Robin, I told Mark when you were preaching, Mark, you should have explained to Greg and Robin about the sleeping. She said, was anybody sleeping? I said, oh, yeah, they were. Oh, they were sleeping. They were out like lights. They were out. And, uh, and she, said, we, we, she said, we forgot to tell you. She said, this is the first night of the conference. And as you can see, she said, there are no horses, no wagons, no camels, no donkeys, no vehicles. Everybody walked. And everybody here, it took them four to five days to get to the conference. And there's one group of people. In order to arrive on time at the conference, it required them walking for five days, but part of the journey involved swimming across a river to get to the conference on time. Now, can you imagine tonight, church? Friday night, come on, kids, pick it up. We gotta get to church tonight. Come on, we gotta come on. I know the wind's blowing, but come on, come on, we gotta get we gotta take that turn on water road. Take that turn, whatever. Can you how many are glad you didn't have to swim the church tonight? Can you imagine waking up Sunday morning or whatever and going, come on, we're doing the butterfly, I don't know. These people swam to church. And after the second night, they became more awake. And by the third night, my friend, when I would say amen at the end of every night, they'd go on for hours later. Hours later, 
One night I told our interpreter, Ashish, we're having little bananas in a hut in a village about, about three hours before church. I, I said, Ashish, I hear loud singing. What is that? He said, relax, have a banana. They started the service. I said, what? It doesn't begin for three hours. He said, have a banana. They started church. But I said, shouldn't we go? He says, relax. He said, Brother Greg, he said, you never tell people to walk five days when church begins. And you never tell people to walk five days and swim the church. You never tell them when church ends because they're thirsty. Because they're thirsty, man. I am praying, God, I'm praying, yeah, God touch you. But God touch me tonight. I want to be thirstier than ever for Jesus in these last days. I'm not asking you. I am begging you tonight. Uh, that No excuses, no. Oh, well, Greg, this would No, let's say tonight, devil, I'm going to give you a heart attack on a Friday night. And I want you to know tonight, Jesus, if we get one thing right tonight, I want you to know, had I been there 2,000 years ago, and you said, is anybody thirsty? How many would want to tell the Lord? You would have leaped to your feet and said, Jesus, I'm so thirsty. I'm beside myself. It says it in scripture in Psalm 42.1. It said, dear pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, O God. I love Psalm 107.9. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Revelation 22, 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. Whoever's thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. My prayer tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Are you listening tonight? Somebody say amen. My prayer tonight is, is before we walk out of this building, we, we, we just know and know where's Lord Jesus. Strip away everything that's robbed me from my thirst for you, that's distracted me, that uh, whatever it may, it may be, even good in itself. But I want to get back to being thirsty for you. I want to get back to loving your presence. I want, uh, don't get mad at me. Please don't get mad at me. But if you and I haven't cracked our Bible alone in seven days, we're not thirsty. If our prayer life is nothing, when we're thirsty, again, we, we live different. So tonight, and not to beat anybody up, but in the name of Jesus, let's say, Lord, tonight, this heat season, I'm so thirsty, I'm beside myself. I want you more than I've ever wanted you before. And so 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ stood up at that festival, and he said in a loud voice, is anybody thirsty here? Is anybody thirsty? I pray that something stirs up in you that says, Greg, I would have jumped up at that moment and said, Jesus, I want you more than I want the air. I'm so thirsty. But Jesus did something else. He didn't just describe a condition of thirst and establishing who is thirsty, because I'll say it one more time, not everybody's thirsty. You can be at the right place at the right time and not be thirsty. You can be in the right place at the right time with a key to every closet in this building, but still not be thirsty. But when we're thirsty, it transforms all of our life. The second thing he did was this uh, condition, yeah, uh, uh, described, but an invitation was then extended. It wasn't just like, hey, you guys thirsty? Nah, I'm going. It was, if you are thirsty, if you are, you come to me. 
It wasn't an invitation to a program. It wasn't an invitation to some new, and not that those things are bad, but it was an invitation to a person. He said, if you're thirsty, I want you to come to me. I'm so grateful. I know we use phrases nowadays, and I, you know, I get it, you know, old school, new school, whatever. And you know what? And I get that, but, but let's not underestimate Bible school. There's something about getting back to Jesus being the center of it all again. And when Jesus said, listen, okay, okay, so you're thirsty, and I'm going to assume, because again, you're Friday night people. You could be all home watching Shark Tank. I mean, and I like Shark Tank, and, but, but you're in church on a Friday night. That's amazing to me. It's awesome. Matter of fact, Hannah's going to buy ice cream at the church tonight because we're both so impressed by your kindness. And, but you're in church. And a fr- Listen, the devil has a heart attack. When somebody says, I'm going to church on a Friday night. Are you serious, church? But you're thirsty. But once we establish the thirst, the invitation, as a, he says, I want you to come to me. I'm so grateful. But remember the song I wrote years ago, Jesus is still the answer for the world today. Remember that song I wrote? I wrote this song, Jesus, with the center of it all. I'm only kidding you. You know that, right? But listen, how many are glad that Jesus is still the answer, church? This isn't about, well, it's, it's this and nothing. It's simply getting back to the one that died on the middle cross. You know, Pastor Tony, one thing we have in common for numbers of years, and he still does that with camps and conventions, and I pray that God keeps opening up those doors because this generation needs you, Pastor Tony. So thank you for loaning your pastor out a few weeks a year to preach to young people around America. Can I get a big amen? And hopefully around the world, speaking of Romania, but that's a different sermon. But for years, we spoke at youth camps and loved speaking at youth camps and just, just, just wonderful. And, and uh, I spoke at youth camps for about 25 of our 36 years. And back when I wore my pants a lot lower, because once you get over 60, you know, you keep hiking your pants up. You know what I'm talking about? You ever see, you ever see young people that wear their pants around their knees? How many have seen that? And they, they walk like this and, and they, they, their pants or whatever. And we look and go, that's disgusting. But no, no, no. What about, uh, you know, around the pool in Florida where the pants are high? And listen, next time you might see, might see me, my, my belt bubble might be wrapped around my sternum. It, it gets higher every single year. And so when, when I stopped doing youth camps, when, when I began to wear my pants too high, I'm at a church in Boston, Massachusetts. The pastor said, near Boston, in Lynn, Massachusetts, how many of you have ever had marshmallow fluff? Marshmallow fluff, that's where they make marshmallow fluff. So if you're on Jeopardy, the final answer, if you're on the wall, and the big question is, where do they make marshmallow fluff? It's Lynn, Massachusetts. I'm here to help you any way that I can. The pastor walked up to me. We were there for meetings Sunday through a Wednesday, and he said, hey, Greg, you've done a lot of youth stuff. Can you speak to our young people on Tuesday night? We rent out a gym, and... And I, I said, sure. And man, I, you could tell I don't hardly ever sweat, but man, I, I, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I got so nervous. And it was city and just urban and just a whole different you know, vibe and great young people. But just, I just you know, felt kind of out of the, the, the loop and just I, my confidence, I kind of, so Tuesday came and I showed up at the gym and, and I walked in. I even tried to walk different, you know? And normally I just walk, whatever. And, but now I'm just, you know, I'm with young people trying to walk in, you know what I mean? And just a little different, you know, and I pulled my pants down low as I can, but that didn't work out too well. And, um, and, um, so I try to walk in and, you know, then I, I try to bring back some lingo. So I brought back man, you know, Hey man, Hey man, Hey man. 
You don't say, hey, man. You say, hey, man. And uh, so, hey, hey, man. And uh, how's it going? Or, or you don't say, hey, dude. It's, hey, dude, dude, hey, dude, hey, dude, whatever. So I'm trying to, and I'm thinking, this is going to be a bad night. And they had some music on and, uh, and whatever, and it was like just heavy and, and everything. And, you know, the we're like a hammer, going to whack, going to smack, going to totally attack you. They, they had all this stuff and, and, um, and they're just whatever. And then they, they, they did all these things and I'm walking around nervously, just walking around. My, it just, you know, just how are you? How was school going? And uh, are you enjoying geometry? And I'm really connecting with the crowd. They sang some songs and that, that really were, it wasn't like, you know, tonight, just, I just sing. it was just different in the flow when I get up and I'm in the back and I'm thinking, what am I, Lord, I had a message prepared, but it went flat. And I mean, it was, I'm thinking, Lord, I can't go. And uh, I'm thinking, Lord, I'm like, I'm thinking, Lord, give me just something funny. That can, and the Lord whispered so clearly to me. And I'm not, be careful. I'm not saying we should ever be creative and, and, and humor because I would love goofing around, whatever. I'm not saying we, we shouldn't do that. We, we should. But that night, Jesus spoke to me crystal clear. He said, tonight, you tell them how I suffered and died for them. And my reaction was, that wasn't quite what I was thinking. And I remember I'm in the back and they're singing these songs and, and uh, you know, I, I, just uh, whatever and all these things. And, and so I finally went up and, and, and just shared and talked about the cross. And you and I know better and I know better. And we can get this thing sometimes. And, uh, you know, Jesus, okay, but we need to. When I began to talk about the cross, no message like the cross. Can I get a big Amen. And all of a sudden, I went from being kind of restless and, uh, to a couple of big old crocodile tears. And then I watched young people after a young person that night come up to an altar, receive Jesus as Savior as the power of the cross melted their heart. And I remember, I'm glad God touched them, but when I, when I, when I left that night, I felt so convicted, and, and God reminded me that, don't you ever forget that I am enough. I am all that. Jesus is still the answer, church. So I want to encourage somebody. You say, right, come first. Let's just get back to Jesus. Let's just get back to Jesus. The, the fundamentals of, of my dad, I, I, before I was born, I was in a Boston Celtic practice, and he played for who now is the Atlanta Hawks organization. This is many moons ago. And my dad was telling me, son, a Red Orback, a legend back in the day, got the Celtics together and said, boys, you don't know how to pass. And he did a drill about how to pass a basketball with Vaseline in the palms of their hands. And they laughed and mocked, thinking, we're the Celtics, we're champs. And he said, listen, if you know how to pass a basketball properly, no Vaseline from your palms should be on the basketball when I stop the drill and inspect the basketball. So you put the whistle, they passed the, by the end of the first round, there was Vaseline all over the basketballs. He said, okay, guys, line up, you're going to run sprints until you can't run another step. Until you learn how to practice fundamentals. My point is this, let's just get back to Jesus, get back to loving our Bibles, to loving prayer, to loving going to church. Listen, you that are online, please hear this. Uh, with wisdom, faith together. I'm looking at causing problems and, and uh, underlying conditions, and I get all that. People need to use wisdom, and, and, and I, I listen, but there's some that need to get back inside the church house. Listen, we're living in an hour. Uh, listen, there are, don't get, there's some that are never coming back, church. The devil's going after those wandering sheep. 
And I am praying, God, so stir us that, that the basics that we can look at and go, well, nowadays to really win a town, you need this, listen, you know what can win a town? Loving Jesus and a box of groceries. Can I get a big amen? You know, 50 families are going to be impacted by practical Christianity. When the door is shut, there'll be tears and weeping saying, God must be real because he knew that we need some food. Basic things of following Jesus Christ. So tonight, church, I'm not asking. I figure, look, it's Friday. We're here. I'm going for it tonight. Jesus stood. He stood 2,000 years ago. And he said with a loud voice, is anybody thirsty? Any teenagers thirsty? Any adult? Is anybody thirsty? And if you are, he said, you come to me. I'm so grateful that Jesus Christ is still not the map to get to the right place, but the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. Seek ye first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's give the devil a fit tonight and say, Lord, I'm so thirsty, starting not tomorrow, but tonight. I want to get back to taking up my cross and following you every single day. Can somebody say, a big amen. I'm going to end with this. Pastor Tony said, Greg, on Friday and Saturday, if you can end by 11 o'clock at night, that would be wonderful. But I'm not going to keep it that long. I can't do that to you. He didn't say that. We're going to end in a matter of second, but don't touch your car keys. You touch your, you touch your car keys. Lightning will shoot out of heaven over your chair. It's, it's horrible what happens. We drag you out and have the service and it's terrible. Just, just kidding, just kidding. Are you still with me tonight? Someone say a big amen. You online? You online? Come on. You haven't you even gone back to Jeopardy, have you? Come on. Stay right where you are. Get back to the service. Jesus is looking for thirsty people. They give different. They sing different. They clap different. They dance different. They fellowship different. They live different. That we can say, well, that's just, that's it. No, no, no. Thirsty people, thirsty for God, they, they drink different. They drink different. They, 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 they treasure it, they drink it, they enjoy it, they treasure it, and they long for every sip. May you and I never lose our thirst for the presence of Jesus and the, the power of his word. His word, some says, is sweet or even honey from the comb. It, it teaches his word, his, his statutes so will revive our souls. So uh, we're thirsty, we come to him. And I'm going to end with this. The team can come, and brother guitar players, maybe you could strum something. Could you do that? Maybe something that I wrote would be wonderful I'll pay I'll pay which one of you who am I paying okay well he jumped jump right up just listen careful Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago shows up at a religious gathering people are going about their stuff and just going through them just going through and they're on the brink of going home devastated with a vision of an empty bucket God doesn't want you going home with an empty bucket tonight. We can be surrounded by all types of good things, but God wants thirst back inside the church house. Thirsty for him. I mean longing for him. Thirsty for him. I remember there was Zimbabwean, about 400 Zimbabwean teenagers after National Youth Camp at midnight one night. 
The service ended about 9.30, 10. They've been dancing and worshiping for almost three hours. When the leader came in and said, listen, some of you need a long, begin a long walk home at three in the morning. Some of you have just some, some little, uh, these little vans that will, they'll pack people in and take them as far as they can and walk to the village. And they, they said, you should go back and lie on the floor and get some rest. And I watched 400 kids say, we're going to worship at this altar until we have to go home. And I sobbed like a fool as I watched kids. You think I'm sweaty? I watched hundreds of teenagers dance and weep and sing for hours because that's what happens. I'm not saying we don't go home and go to work and school and do homework and do whatever, but thirsty people are different. They're just different. They're thirsty for him. But then the, the invitation, but the promise given was, okay, so you're thirsty. He didn't say, I'll fill your bucket. And their minds are focusing on an empty pitcher, an empty bucket. But Jesus went the bucket to a river. In essence, he said, you know what? Bag the bucket. You put your eyes on me. You come to me. And I will cause a river to flow out of your innermost being. Jesus has never been in the bucket business. He's always been in the river business. I believe that there be somebody breathing in this service or watching online and God's saying to you tonight, I want to bring you back. I want to restore your first love. I want, maybe say, Greg, well, I'm faithfully enough. I want to give you a fresh touch of the fire and the power and the river of the Holy Spirit. It begins by simply responding to the words of Jesus. Very simple. I'm so grateful that this isn't rocket science. He promised, they're looking at a bucket, but he promised a river. Aren't you glad this, that a child can understand this? A child can understand this. There's somebody breathing in the service. And Jesus Christ wants to visit you tonight and pour bucket after bucket after bucket after bucket that that bucket turns into a mighty flowing river let's stand all over this room can we do that tonight can we stand all over this room i'm not sure if someone's going to help sing or are you singing or uh, i'm not sure what how the flow is or maybe hannah you're going to come lead in song tonight no okay maybe tomorrow night we'll talk okay and uh and but as, as alicia comes i know she's had a long day tonight a long day i want you to close your eyes stay where you are would you just give the devil a heart attack right now and lift up both hands up as high as you can right now could you do that could you do that right where you are just lift both hands up in the air and i'm going to ask you a question favor. Don't let laryngitis sit in. Don't let the cat get your tongue. I want you to take 30 seconds with hands lifted and do nothing but lift your voice and let the Lord know how much you love him, how thirsty you are tonight. Don't let the cat get your tongue. He asked a question 2,000 years ago. He's still asking it tonight. Is anybody thirsty? Come on, 30 seconds. Let's lift up our voice all over this house and let God know that we're thirsty tonight. God, I'm so thirsty. I'm beside myself. I need you tonight, Lord. Lord, I thank you that I get to be in Lewisburg and I, I pray you touch everybody that's here and most that are watching. But I confess I need you myself tonight, Lord. I, I, Lord, I'm thirsty for you tonight. Come on.
up. Come on, lift your voice. Not, not for your neighbor. And, and not, none of this, well, Greg, I don't normally. Let your thirst and your hunger rise up in you tonight. That says, God, I can't walk out the way that I walked in. Fill me fresh with your spirit.